0: After you're done listening to the Locked On Bucks podcast, make sure you check out Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move. Around the NFL, get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your
1: podcasts. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks Podcast. I am James Yarko, being joined soon by David Harrison. You can check out everything that David and I are doing over at Bucksnation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at D Harrison82, and at Bucks underscore. Nation would like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners. If you're new to the show, please subscribe, leave a five-star review. It does help other Buccaneers fans find us. I am checking in again from Buccaneers training camp my second day out there, and it was another scorcher, but um, yeah, uh, a lot better looking offense this time around for the Bucs than, than when I was out there Monday, and of course, Bruce Arians ripped into the offense quite a bit. Following that practice, but one of the biggest takeaways that I had from this uh, from this day of practice is from the running back group, which actually coincided perfectly with an email we got from Rick Bell and uh, Rick wrote in and said, I wanted to get your take on the running back. There has been a lot of talk about who is going to be the starter, but I haven't heard much about how it's going. Will this be a running back by committee, or is there a clear guy? What's your observation? Thanks, guys, for what you do. Uh, Rick, appreciate the email. And the Buccaneers released their initial depth chart ahead of their preseason game against the Bengals this coming Saturday. And Ronald Jones is currently listed as the number one running back on the team. Now, I wrote about this for Bucks Nation, but look, this is the initial depth chart. And one of the things that I noticed was a heavy, heavy focus on Wednesday was the running backs catching the ball. There was almost an extended drill where the running backs were catching the ball out of the backfield. Both Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette look really, really good. It is going to be a little bit of a running back by committee, but a lot of people kind of have emblazoned in their brains the playoff Lenny run where he was so good in the postseason, they almost forget that Ronald Jones rushed for almost 1,000 yards in just 14 games. So, It didn't surprise me at all that Ronald Jones was listed as number one on the depth chart ahead of Leonard Fournette, but this is going to be a hot hand kind of offense. If Ronald Jones is running well, he's going to stay as the number one guy getting the primary amount of touches, whereas Leonard Fournette is going to be that complimentary guy, but if one of these two can separate themselves as far as who is the more reliable pass-catching back. Now, obviously, we have Gio Bernard as the almost designated pass-catching back, but if one of these two guys can emerge as the better of the two when it comes to the pass-catching, they're going to get a slight edge as far as playing time is concerned. So that's definitely something that we're going to continue to keep an eye on as training camp and the preseason games continue to roll on. I would venture to guess that Ronald Jones is going to be the leader in touches, the leader in carries, and in yards when all is said and done this season. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if playoff Lenny turns into – regular season Lenny and and the performances that we saw in the playoffs last year roll over into the regular season because we all know that Fournette has that level of talent it's just a matter of being able to utilize it and Fournette told the media after practice that now that he's got the playbook figured out and he's he's got the offense under his belt quote-unquote He's focusing now on communication with the quarterbacks, communication with the receivers and having a better idea and a better understanding of what he needs to be doing in this offense to help the Buccaneers out and, and to be more productive in the offense. So you're probably going to see an improved Leonard Fournette. You're going to have a Ronald Jones who is fighting to maintain his spot as the number one back competition breeds excellence we talk about it all the time and these two going head to head it's going to be a photo finish as far as who is going to be the top dog come week one against Dallas but it's not going to surprise me at all if Ronald Jones emerges as that top guy a couple other quick notes from camp before I kick things over to David Ryan Suckup, 6 for 7 on uh, on his kicks. He's looking he's looking good. He's looking confident. I was speaking with Zach Blobner of WDAE when uh, Suckup was out there kicking, and he and I were discussing the fact that neither one of us are concerned with the struggles that Suckup has had through camp. Yeah, I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's episode, but one of the things that this coaching staff, and especially Bruce Arians, loves about Ryan Suckup is, is he can go out there and he can have a bad game. He can miss, you know, an extra point and a field goal attempt, and then he's able to compartmentalize, he's able to put that away, erase it from his mind, and he'll be perfect for the next four games. And that's not something that this Buccaneers team has had at the kicker position for quite a while. You would see Roberto Aguayo get inside his own head. Matt Gay would get inside his own head, and and one miss would turn into an avalanche of bad games. So... That's not something that that they're worried about with Ryan Suckup. That's not something I'm worried about with Ryan Suckup, because that's that veteran mentality. He's been here. He's done that. He's seen it all, and he's going to be able to work his way through his struggles. One other um, note is that it was – Uh, A Veterans Day off for quite a few of these guys, most notably Sue, Jason Pierpaul, and Rob Gronkowski were all not participating in practice. Just a maintenance day, taking a rest. Jordan Whitehead still not out on the field. Um, I think they're kind of taking it easy with him. I wasn't able to hear anything regarding his status other than he was just missing time with the injury again on Wednesday. And Cameron Brate slowly being integrated back into the offense, but he looked he looked good in his time out there. O.J. Howard continues to look like he's on the up and up, looking healthy, getting some targets. And uh, other than that, it was just another it was another solid day for uh, for the Buccaneers offense and the Buccaneers as a whole, as far as practice is concerned. Real quick. Before we head over to, uh, to talk about some friends of ours, wanted to let you know if you are a part of the Locked On Bucks Podcast Fantasy Football League, the invites to the league have been emailed out. If you are a member of the league and did not receive your email, please reach out to David or myself via the Locked On Bucks email, lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com, or shoot us a DM. On Twitter at LockedOnBucks, let us know, and uh, we we will confirm that we have the correct email address and make sure that you get that link because the draft is this Sunday, August fifteenth at two o'clock Eastern time. Do want to give a shout out to some friends of ours before David takes over, and that of course is our friends over at betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online, get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep. For their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on again promo code locked on L O C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts. Segment two
2: here at the Locks On Bucks podcast. David Harrison coming at you now, joining the episode midway after James came to you from Tampa and at training camp. It's it's a it's a crazy world we live in. We're uh, we're doing this thing the best way that we can while James is there and I am here and it's we're making it work, guys. That's what we're doing. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying all the content and the updates that James is providing through all of us. I know I am uh, as he's there in Tampa with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In this segment, guys, we're going to bring in the Locked On Bengals podcast as we get ready to look ahead to this weekend's first preseason action of the 2021 NFL season. All right, guys, and as promised, Jake Lisko and James Rapine of the Locked On Bengals podcast joining me here now at the Locked On Bucks podcast. Find them, find these guys on Twitter at Jake Lisko, J-A-K-E, common spelling L-I-S-C-O-W, and James Rapine. You know what? Both of these Twitter profiles are going to be in the show description. Just go down there, guys, click on them, follow them. You're going to appreciate that. Of course, guys, I appreciate you joining me here. Uh, we got to talk quarterback. It seems like every crossover we ever do starts with quarterbacks because that's just the most important position, obviously. But some of us have some pretty sexy quarterbacks to talk about anyway. And you have Joe Burrow there, which I'm a huge fan of. Honestly, pretty much every guy at BucksNation.com is a huge fan of Joe Burrow. So we're all kind of hoping uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals to have struck gold there. But obviously coming off that injury, from my understanding, he's not expected to play on Saturday is that can you guys confirm that is that for sure you know 100% set in stone and then what is the 2021 outlook for your second year quarterback
1: unfortunately for Buccaneers fans you will not see aspiring Tom Brady Jr and (laughs) that's really what Joe or Joe Burrow is in a lot of ways he will not be playing in week one but expectations are that week one of the preseason expectations are that he will be playing in week one of the regular season. Obviously, there's a very well-publicized report that he was having some issues. Really, those practices are about a week old at this point, and through the week leading up to this preseason game, he's been solid to to better than solid in practice, I would say, for the most part in the last few days. Really, since that report came out, and he actually addressed the media and talked about his issues a little bit, I, I would say he's been pretty good since then. But I make that Brady comparison because... The way that Joe Burrow carries himself and also his new teeth, both of those things remind me a lot of Tom Brady early in his career when he started to get things going. And I think that that is certainly the ideal career trajectory. Neither of those guys having the immense physical traits, but instead winning with precision, winning with mental acuity. And if Joe Burrow is going to reach greatness, I think that's his path to do it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the presumed starter from from what I can glean off of, the, you know, the team's unofficial official depth chart is going to be Brandon Allen. Right. And uh, the only thing I know about him is he came from Arkansas. I literally found that on the team's website. So uh, tell tell myself, obviously, and then tell Buccaneers fans who is Brandon Allen and really how much do you expect to see out of him Saturday? Because typically starters, you know, a series, maybe two series, I think a quarter at the most, if they're if they're not doing too hot. Um, but Brandon Allen, you figure, probably in line to get some more playing time than your typical starting quarterback.
3: Yeah, they have four quarterbacks on the roster, so with Burrow out, I think you're going to see... You can see Brandon Allen for up to a quarter, I would say. I I don't think it's going to be too long, because they have those other two quarterbacks, and they'll probably just leave Brandon Allen in with the first team, and maybe a series or two, depending on how quick these series go, uh, with the second team offense. But he's a guy that, honestly, was pretty impressive last year. He was the Bengals COVID quarterback. And so he couldn't be in any meetings. He's on the practice squad, essentially, and just this COVID emergency guy that uh, ended up starting after Burrow went down and played pretty well, led them to uh, a win on the road against a bad Houston team, but still, and uh, kept them afloat against uh, Miami, uh, against the Giants. So, you know, he's capable and, and certainly someone, Uh, If he's going to be throwing to T Higgins, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, that is capable of pushing the ball downfield and making a couple plays here and there.
2: Absolutely. And then you mentioned Jamar Chase. Obviously, anybody who is a fan of Joe Burrow knows who Jamar Chase is. Uh, Bengals first round draft pick. A lot of people outside of Cincinnati wanted the team or thought the team would be smarter to go offensive line, uh, especially given Joe Burrow's injury. Although, if I remember correctly, I mean that that injury really didn't happen on the offensive line if, if I remember correctly but um obviously some questions there in Cincinnati up front what were your guys thoughts heading into draft night I don't remember who you guys picked in the in our network mock draft uh was it Jamar Chase did you guys go a different uh, angle and then has he been doing in training camp so far
1: we did select Jamar Chase in okay. the internal mock draft we did the the ultimate NFL mock draft event. We did. <laughs> uh, we did select Jamar Chase. And the thinking was that there would be an offensive lineman good enough to start in year one available to the Bengals in round two. The Bengals end up trading back and selecting just uh, Jackson Carmen. We knew mm-hmm. they would be selecting Jackson Carmen. Somehow that news leaked before day two began and the fear and I, I say fear because I, I wouldn't have liked the pick as much if they hadn't traded back was that they would sit there and take him at their original slotted pick in the Mm -hmm. second round. Instead, they recoup two additional fourth round picks to move back a few spots in the second round. And with those picks, add some players that look like they will potentially make some year one impacts. But Jackson Carmen, at the time, you know, left tackle from Clemson, we thought he would step in and start right away day one at right guard. Quentin Spain, who was signed mid-year last year, asked to move around a ton, including playing some tackle, which he's really not super well equipped to do was going to be the starting left guard. And that tandem seemed reasonable with the addition of Riley reef and free agency, the return of Jonah Williams, at left tackle Trey Hopkins, very quick return from an ACL. It seems like an, an offensive line that the thinking was could at least be average. Now, Early in training camp, there have been some injury issues to the offensive line, especially on the internal part of the offensive line. Quentin Spain dealing with something nagging, not expected to carry into the regular season, but not sure if he's on track to play in preseason week one. We're seeing Mike Jordan, who last year was a left guard on the play in which Joe Burrow was injured, and it was, uh, David, contrary, I think, to maybe your impression or your recollection, Mm -hmm. something that I would put on the offensive line to some degree. Mike Jordan got bull rushed and fell into Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow's knee. And so he's now, instead of playing on the left side, is slotted currently at number one on the depth chart at right guard, which is where the expectation was Jackson Carmen would be able to step in and provide an immediate impact upgrade kind of presence. That hasn't been the case. There are concerns about... Jackson Carmen being in shape and I think there's some concerns about offensive line depth for this team. And so I do expect that they will be mightily challenged by the Buccaneers front and their generally strong defensive trench play, good pass rush, good run defense from that team and it'll give us a really good idea about where they're at and I think that both James and I both have significant questions that need to be answered this preseason about this line despite what happened in the draft
2: yeah absolutely and, and yeah i mean in my memory for some reason i remember joe burrow trying to run the ball early in the in the play and and sometimes that you know that that kind of uh, excuse the offensive line but yeah i mean if he got bull rushed right into his quarterback Obviously, you don't want to see that happening. Um, that's why we bring locked on Bengals guys on, so Buccaneers guys aren't giving incorrect insight into the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of that insight, though, guys, I mean, players to watch on Saturday. Obviously, if if anybody's at the game, you kind of have a reason to be paying attention throughout the entire contest. But a lot of people at home are in, you know, in the sports bars and all this stuff. By the time the second half comes around, they're kind of you know paying attention a little bit here and there. Uh, who are some players that that Bucks fans on on the Bengals side of the ball too? should be interested in seeing play in this preseason game? Because, I mean, not for nothing, but a lot of these guys turn into journeymen, and who knows, you know, one of them could become a Buccaneer later on down the road.
3: Sure. Uh, You know, you're talking about in the second half of the game and stuff, uh, there's a lot of different guys and position battles to keep an eye on. Uh, There's a punt returner battle right now with a a guy named Trent Taylor who came from the 49ers. Was a little slot receiver. Our fantasy football players will remember him from a couple years ago. Burst onto the scene, had a bunch of injuries, and uh, basically tried out for the Bengals in rookie minicamp and was good enough to, to make a lasting impression. And so he's battling for that last wide receiver spot. So certainly someone that, who knows? I mean, he, he's not going to end up in Tampa this year because how loaded yeah. Tampa is wide receiver wise. But, you know, he, he's certainly a journeyman type. Uh, a rookie to keep an eye on that uh, actually wears Giovanni Bernard's old numbers, Chris Evans, the running back out of Michigan. He caught a downfield pass. He's a really good pass catcher. And I think that these uh, these young quarterbacks that are going to be playing specifically in the second half, they might have to lean on him uh, early and often, so to speak. He caught a downfield pass uh, during Wednesday's practice, probably thirty yards downfield. Just really good at, uh, at for a running back at tracking the ball and running routes and things like that. Uh, so, so that's another guy uh, to keep an eye on. And, and then defensively, the Bengals have a lot of young defensive linemen, and, and you're going to see some of these guys, Tyler Shelvin. At nose tackle, I think you'll see a lot of him. Cam Sample, Joseph Osai, rookies that they're banking on uh, in, impacting the game early, you know, early in the season at some point in some kind of role. So those are guys to to keep an eye on as well. As far as the secondary, it's a, honestly a lot of veterans, a lot of guys they're probably going gonna watch. But I'll give you one cornerback name. He was on the practice squad last year. Winston Rose dominated the CFL. Made it to the Bengals practice squad last year, and he's uh, number thirty-nine. He's trying to make the team this year, and uh, he's trying to vie for one of those final roster spots.
2: Outstanding, yeah. Cam Sample is a guy that uh, our more loyal listeners will remember me ranting and raving about how much I love Cam <laughs> Sample, especially coming out of Mobile. Um, so excited to see him and see what he can do. You mentioned Giovanni Bernard, at least his former number, uh, the Buccaneers. You know, excited to get him. Bucks fans, pretty excited to get him as well. Uh, What do you expect Gio to bring uh, to this Buccaneers offense? Uh, We talked on your guys' show, so you know our listeners head over there uh, and hear what these guys had to ask me about your Bucks. But what do you? What would you tell Buccaneers fans on what they should expect from Gio? Especially, I mean, listed as the third back, but I mean, let's be honest—if you're listening them as receiving backs, Gio is is by far uh, the top guy on that depth chart.
1: If you need a guy, despite his size, and you might be looking at his size and thinking, oh, he's going to get run over as a pass protector. That is very savvy and very solid in pass protection. Giovanni Bernard is that guy. There was a reason that Joe Mixon couldn't get on the field on third downs in Cincinnati, despite being realistically a more talented player than Giovanni Bernard. And that's because Gio was that much better as a pass protector. As a receiver of the football, I think he's very good with the ball in his hands, good at getting downfield quickly. And honestly, I think by many a little bit underrated as a runner, he's dealt with some pretty bad offensive lines in Cincinnati the last couple of years. They haven't been able to run the ball very well with Jim Turner. And there were times that I thought he was more effective than Joe Mixon for all of Joe Mixon's virtues. Giovanni Bernard, generally speaking, very good at quickly processing what's in front of him and finding... positive gain on plays he's not taking losses too often by trying to be uh trying to do too much or trying to press a little bit too much trying to create too much when it's not there so in that respect a very solid player and just generally extremely reliable and and i would say the most impactful skill set is his intelligence his ability to operate within the offense as a pass protector and his ability to get the job done more often than not in that regard of his game.
2: Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Giovanni Bernard throughout his time there in Cincinnati. Uh, So I was very excited to see him come into the Buccaneers. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, Jake Lisko, James Rapine, hosts of the Locked on Bengals podcast uh, on Twitter at Jake Lisko at James Rapine. And look, if you don't want to go down the show description, go to Locked on Bengals on Twitter and you can find both other Twitter handles on there as well. I always tell you guys, if you're going to be the smartest fans in the room, you got to get the the expert information from the experts. These are your Bengals experts, so make sure you check them out. Jake, James, thank you for joining me here.
3: Yeah, David, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having us. All
2: right, guys, once again, a crossover with the Locked On Bengals podcast. Look, I know it's not regular season, the game doesn't count, win losses, all that stuff, but I like to thank Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans are well-rounded fans and you guys like being smart nfl fans and listen the 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 cincinnati Bengals are poised to possibly make some noise in the coming years so if you listen to this episode now you know a little bit more about the Bengals than maybe you did beforehand hopefully Uh, and you also now know a source for you to go get some more information about that team as uh, things develop if you want to so that when you're around the water cooler and you're and you're talking uh trash to your other nfl fan buddies uh you can you can be an intelligent fan and, and know everything that's going on so hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as i enjoy visiting our friends over at rockauto.com because this episode is brought to you by rock auto who reminds us that with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will ever need save time and money by going to rockauto.com why would you choose to spend 30 50 even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership than for what you can get it for at RockAuto.com, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, whose prices are reliably low for every customer. RockAuto.com has everything you need: brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their "How did you hear about us?" box, so that we know that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Bucks podcast, David Harrison at dharrison 82 on Twitter. James Yarko, you heard from earlier in the episode at Yarko underscore Bucks. The show is at Locked on Bucks. And if you heard, James mentioned an email we got from one listener, but well, we also got a voicemail from another listener. So let's go ahead and hear that, and I will now address the voicemail. Hello, this is uh, Anthony from California, and I'm just calling in with a couple of quick questions. One is, Going into training camp, um, you know, if the Bucks team does have a weakness, it's in our young cornerback to safety. So I want to ask, who should we look for to maybe have an impact in the regular season and what is their ceiling? And also, too, you guys talked about um, Brown, Evans, and Godwin, and I just wanted to show a little love for uh, Tyler Johnson. You know, there's a lot of guys catch the ball on this offense, but what do you see is his ceiling? Because, you know, watching the games, Um I got excited and I hope to see him get more playing time, you know, if if Bruce allows. But um what what is his feeling and what do you see him doing in year three or four if everything goes good for him this year? All right. Thank you for taking my call. Have a good day, guys. All right, Anthony, appreciate the call and yeah, talking about the secondary uh first. Yeah, I mean very young secondary, and that's kind of something that we've talked about, is that if there is a weakness, on this defense that it's likely to be that young secondary. I mean, obviously if you, if you get into injuries, you're going to talk about weaknesses there. If you, you know, you, if you lose Vita Vea or, or Shaquille Barrett, but when you're just looking at the straight up roster as it is, you know, not that the state, the secondary is a weakness per se, but that would be probably the weakest part of the roster just due to their inexperience. It's, it's not, you know, uh, a knock on them necessarily. I mean, they're, they're super bowl winning secondary. So let's, you know, don't, don't get crazy or nobody's calling them the 32nd ranked secondary, uh, at least not this year. They're not, um, but just, you know, when, when you look at it, there is just kind of a lack of experience, you know, consider, you know, when you when you consider their age and, and all that stuff. And uh, it really just takes, you know, one injury and you're down to like Ross Cockrell, And then after that, you're talking about Antonio Hamilton, you're talking about Herb Miller, Chris Wilcox. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, you know, uh, uh, things that can kind of, I don't want to say go wrong there. Of course, you do have Mike Edwards as a safety net. And that's who I'm going to look at here it is Mike Edwards. Uh, definitely better as a coverage safety than he is as a cornerback. But look, in a pinch, if you need to roll him down there, I think Ross Cockrell has to be your number one backup. You know, your number one, your first guy up in the, in the in a pinch and in a, in a situation where there's an injury has to be Ross Cockrell at this point. Uh, but then as safeties are going, I think Mike Edwards, then look, if it gets really bad at corner, you can roll Mike Edwards down there. And if it gets really bad at safety, you can possibly move Ross Cockrell into a coverage safety uh, situation. So those those are kind of the two guys, probably Ross Cockrell, Mike Edwards. You expect them uh, to have a little bit more of a role maybe early on in the preseason, see them get some more action so that if – Ah, uh, they are called upon during the regular season. They have a little bit more experience., uh, but both of those guys have pretty good amounts of experience themselves. And I mean, look, if if that's your, you know, if that's your weakest area is having three solid cornerbacks, two very, very good uh, to solid safeties, and then very good backups. I mean, that's 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 a pretty good weak area to have on your roster. And then as far as Tyler Johnson is concerned, uh, yeah, he's a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of a lot of love, and look, and honestly, he's kind of earned it. I mean, he he himself, and I give him credit for it, uh, came out publicly and apologized for not showing up to training camp, you know, in the best of shape and and all that stuff, and ready to go. And I don't want to go out and say that maybe you know he was reading his own press clippings because he did get a lot of love uh, during the postseason run and during some of the regular season where you did get to see him. You know, a lot of people praised him for what he was able to do in such a crowded wide receiver group. Um, And then maybe, you celebrated the Super Bowl just a little too hard and, you know, whatever. But he's a young guy. You have to give those guys a little bit of slack, I think. And I think Bruce Arians understands that. The coach staff understands that. But at the same time, he's still got to go out there and earn his job. You know, I mean, uh, we've all been kind of assuming that this competition for maybe this final wide receiver spot is between Jalen Darden uh, and Jaden Mickens. But Tyler Johnson doesn't get his act together quickly. It could be, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden, maybe fighting for that last roster spot. I don't think it's gotten there. And I, and, and I know I say that and somebody's going to, you know, take it and run with it, but, um, I think Tyler Johnson is fine. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent where his future is. That's, that's a little bit difficult because again, this is a very crowded room. I mean, you you know, if if the Buccaneers can get a long-term deal done with Chris Godwin, then obviously they've got their one and two set for a little while. Scotty Miller, uh, and Tyler Johnson, I think they kind of become your co-number threes once Antonio Brown's time uh, with the Buccaneers is done, whether that's after this year or next year or however long that takes, I think uh, in, in its current you know configuration, uh, if, if, if Evans and Godwin are there, then Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson kind of become co-number three guys, and it just kind of depends on the formation, the circumstances, on which uh, wide receiver really gets on the field. Um, but, you know, by the time AB is done in Tampa, Jalen Darden could have developed into something you know pretty uh pretty significant there's always more drafts more undrafted guys coming out free agents that are going to be looking for teams to play with uh I mean you know there, there's a lot of what ifs but I mean in, in current configuration if I had to uh speculate on Tyler Johnson's future I think he's definitely uh number three receiver you know potential to, uh, number two receiver is probably what I would say his, his NFL ceiling is I don't think he'll ever get to number one receiver status, but I think number two receiver status is definitely within his grasp. If uh, you know, hopefully he's learned from his young mistakes. We all make mistakes when we're young and we just got to learn from them. Hopefully Tyler has done that. And this has been a wake up call for him and he's getting in shape. Obviously we'll have an opportunity to see a little bit of that, right? uh, This weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of which James and I will be back tomorrow for our final episode of the week, our final preview before we get to the preseason action Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Preseason week one, two. Some people call it week one because all the teams are playing. Some people call it week two because it's a Hall of Fame game. Whatever you call it, it's the Buccaneers and the Bengals first. Preseason action, no Joe Burrow. So that's kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. We'll see what the guys can put on the field. Look at some of these depth players. Look at some of these young guys. The Tyler Johnsons are the world of Ross Cockles and Mike Edwards. And then even getting even deeper and to see if uh, Mr. Relic can make himself a little bit more relevant after uh, Saturday night's festivities. So until we see you again, guys, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another.